0: log Talk Radio In much less detail The podcast Where we cut through the noise And give you your NFL breakdown In much less detail Here are your hosts Jay Andre. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here you live on a Saturday night, October the 20th, 2018. I'm Dre. He's Jay. A lot of y'all got baseball on the mind tonight. I can understand that. Game 7 of the National League Championship Series going on as we speak up there where Jason is residing in Wisconsin. But this is all about the football picks. You're here for NFL Week 7 Picks Against the Spread with your favorite football experts, expert in quotation marks, of course. Uh, We got off to a a very dull, boring start for Week 7 on Thursday night as the Denver Broncos easily handled the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Jay, you were the one that actually watched some of that game. I wasn't even watching, and you were texting me about how terrible it was that that Josh uh, Rosen basically pulled a shawl and just started throwing pick sixes all over the place. Uh, not much else to observe about that game I guess.
1: It was my favorite kind of game to lose a pick on. A game that was over right away. I didn't have to endure. I didn't have to suffer through or or, or of any of watching of the game. I was like yep, uh, first time the Cardinals possessed the ball, Rosen throws a tip ball pick six. I was like yep, I don't need to watch this anymore. Um you could just see. I mean, they fired their OC the next day. Which, if there's anything I learned from this game, is I need to pay a little bit more attention about like coordinators on the hot seat because I'm thinking those are the teams you want to stay away from. Like, well, if, if, like you're, if you're if an you OC, know
0: you're, you're about to fired, shouldn't you sort of step it up a notch, though? Oh,
1: man. I think they tried, and that was the problem. Is they the, <laughs> oh no, they tried to air it out. And, oh, and Rosen was completing balls; he was just completing them to the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos, if you look at the statistics for the game, if you just break down the stats, the Denver Broncos played a, a pretty awful game offensively. But when the Arizona Cardinals can't score, they can't hold on to the football, and they just punt the ball to you all game, it's, you just compile numbers eventually at some point enough where you blow them out, what, four, 45 to 10? 45 to I mean, it, it was like yep, yeah, my favorite kind of pick to lose. It was just one of those you... where you can go, yep, I was wrong, and move on. <laughs> there's no, yep. there's no, oh, you won cheap. Uh, you know, it was a game, you know, it's one of those where we pick every game. So one out of 256, you're going to have a game. And it was also my favorite pick to lose, too, is it was a game I didn't have any very strong feelings about. It wasn't a game where it was like, oh, man, I'm like, I'm invested in the Arizona Cardinals here. Now, it was, it was, a, I lost the pick and I can move on
0: not only can the Cardinals not move the ball and Mike McCoy deserves to get fired for that, but a lot of people were turning into like X's and O's experts too, because the narrative was look at how terrible they are at at running the ball specifically with David Johnson. And look at how many times they call for him to run right up the middle. And there's no room up the middle yet. Mike McCoy keeps calling the So everyone was just diagramming and breaking down. Look at this call for another run up the middle. What is he doing? What is the OC doing? Um, this is called, uh, armchair quarterback and this is called after the fact, uh, pointing out because any running back that keeps running into the ass of his own lineman up the middle on the, the tackle on the edge, wherever, uh, that's called bad running back play. But because we have to paint this narrative of Mike McCoy being the worst offensive coordinator in the history of football, we have to pretend like it's all his fault that David Johnson keeps running into somebody's ass. That's not Mike McCoy's fault. That's David Johnson's fault. And I don't know what the hell's going on with them outside of the fact that I drafted them in
1: fantasy. So maybe that's the whole thing. So, sorry, I was. My wife was just got home from uh, being out, so she was talking to me there. So, uh, did you ask me a question? I was. I hate to say it, but I wasn't paying attention. I'm also on my second margarita. So, <laughs> you should know it's uh, going to be one of those nights.
0: Uh, as always, I said nothing of importance, so don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, if it, if it was basically blah, 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 I won the pick, blah, 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 let's move on. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was talking about why David Johnson can't run the ball this year, and I theorize that it it's because I drafted him in fantasy, so it's all my oh, fault. I
1: heard, well, I heard the part. I, I, I lost you right after you talked about David Johnson running up the ass of his running backs. What I did not hear was you saying yeah. that it was because you drafted him in fantasy, to which, of mm-hmm. course, I would say, well, yeah, of course you drafted <laughs> him in fantasy. That's, you know, this, this is your move. Of course I did. So of course, you're looking for confirmation, kid. yeah, you don't, you, don't need, you don't need confirmation from me.
0: No, I already know. No, we but, we know that, me, too, I already
1: know. if you're going to have a guy to have a bad year or end his career or get him hurt, you can either tout him on this show. That's one way to do it. <laughs> you can really yeah, talk him up on this show, and then he ends up getting some fluky injury, and he's out for uh, a year. Uh, or you could draft him on your fantasy team, and then if, he just turns into seen, a ghost.
0: If I'd have seen David Johnson in preseason live and would have been able to talk up his, his his praises and seek his praises, that would have been the ultimate kiss of death. He would, he'd be already be
1: out for the year by now. Oh, I just uh, got the update here that uh, Yaziel Puig just jacked a three-run homer. Uh-oh. Off Jeremy Jeffress. Uh, now it's 5-1 Dodgers in the sixth.
0: That one would seem to be
1: over. You'd think those brewers just don't want to go away, but you you would think um, in the sixth inning that 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 you don't know if that's the kill shot, but that's a that's a big one.
0: So if you're trying to keep up with the baseball and the show at the same time, just just ignore the baseball and focus fully on the wonderful picks that Jason and I have for you right well, here
1: tonight. My my picks haven't been so wonderful. I'm starting to get worried. I'm thinking I'm thinking I've got so many distractions. I'm I'm just starting to lose it. I think i have I think I'm, i have losing my 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 picking ability. Or you're just doing really well because I don't think I've I, I mean over the last few years, it's not like I've been ass. It's not like no. I've been picking like 385. You know,
0: no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. So no, I, I think you've just been on. Uh, you know, you you have devoted your time and energy um, to this, and, and and it's showing in the picks. So you're you're having a hell of a run. I'm trying to talk you up here. You see what I'm doing?
0: Oh, I got it. I, I,
1: yeah, you know what I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get that confidence up.
0: I, I'm not above having my ego stroked. I'm not yeah, above. Yeah, you no, know,
1: you're having a hell of a like. Drew Bledsoe played a hell of a game. <laughs>
0: I'm not above feeling good about the little bit of research that I yeah. try to put in and, and having it sort of pay off Uh number 11 on the uh, fan site for the, the pick watch website right now. Not that I'm bragging or anything, but number 11
1: just, out of 12. I don't know. I
0: didn't see oh. uh, how many, uh, how many <laughs> that is. Was...
1: There are 14 entrants, but that's okay. <laughs> no, you're doing good. You're, you're, you're squarely in the, in the high five hundreds. I mean, you're not having a season. Anywhere close to like what you had the last couple of years, where you were sitting around like 650 at some, at one point through the midway point right. of the season a couple of seasons ago or last season. So, and I just, thought yeah, I just I had have... to hang on. And I'm sitting here feeling like, oh man, I don't know what I'm talking about. It I'm at like 540. It's like, oh man, I'm terrible at picking football <laughs> games.
0: I haven't busted out to 13 and 3 yet, so I'm still working on that.
1: Neither one of us have. Gone too. Fu- yeah, this is. I mean, I know you're like officially like ten games up right now, but neither one of us have had that week yet, where it's been amazing, or like two and twelve. Right. We, we,
0: we, right. We've,
1: we've both kind of just been in the middle, giving games, taking games. You'll go. You'll win a couple of games on me. I'll pick a game up on you. Uh, last week was your big one. Um, it, you know, you've got to figure at some point between now and the rest of the season there will be a week where I pick up three or four games on you. And this all can, this all gets so tight so fast.
0: It can, it can absolutely go in a hurry. That's why I, I try, I, I really do try not to be too overconfident and then brag too much. Uh, you got my uh, curiosity peaked, so I had to go see how many people are, are picking on this uh, site here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> It looks like uh, I'm 11 out of 1,236 at the That's
1: moment. That's pretty good. So. That's the top
0: 1%. And hopefully I can keep it up.
1: Now, now is uh, your record there the same as it is here, or is it a little it's different? It's
0: not. Uh, th- there are slight differences in the spread sometimes, which results ah, okay. in sometimes I get a loss there and a and a win yeah. here So, on those, those really close spreads, so it's... It's microscopic, but it's about the same. I think, let's yeah. see, 40, 48 and 37 on the um, state, as opposed to with us, um, 50 and 40. So, you know, it's pretty much the same. Yeah.
1: Which is, and that's also a little, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's funny because I make my picks using different spreads than what you present to me on the show. Right. And they're usually never different by more than a half a point or a point, but I guarantee you I will you always be on the losing side up on of someone. that half a point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: well, that, that's a complete luck, as we know.
1: Right, but that is just, that's just the trend that I've one. noticed. Like, if I'm picking a game at 5.5 and, and then you give it to me and it's at 6.5, they're going to lose by 6.
0: They're <laughs> going to lose by 6. Someone's
1: going to lose by 6, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, I wish I could say I planned it like that, but uh, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah,
1: I, I knew you did. <laughs> uh,
0: this week's picks to me are, are going to be really uh, interesting. We got the Styles Clash Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. We could, if, if we yeah, had you the You're trying to
1: coin that phrase. Are you going to hashtag that?
0: I should if I remember. Uh, the, although I don't think I'll be around for too many of the games tomorrow because oh. the wife wants to go to the Vesta Home Show. Oh, but, uh, oh boy, are you moving? No, no. That's just one of those oh, things okay. that she wants to do and, and wants okay. to go through.
1: Yeah, I get it. you know, I mean, we get those yeah, kind of things that come around here. And I, I'll tell you what, it's when that's when we that's when working weekends is a benefit,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but gotta do the husbandly duty.
1: Oh, it's the um, home and garden show. It's all I got to work.
0: Uh, darn it.
1: I, it. I won't
0: be available. Doggone it. Uh, but no, I am uh, was really excited to see all these games that are going to be basically uh, a top-ranked offense yeah. or close to top-ranked versus a top-ranked defense because you don't get – you get those matchups every now and then, but you don't get a cluster of them in, in the same week like this. Yeah. So we got three Rodica, of them. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's, there's, there's <laughs> really – Good highlight quality games This week so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, Kind of excited I will be at work tomorrow But it's going to be since a, since it's a Packers bye week it's red Zone I'm going to have there I'm going to be completely red zoned out Tomorrow I'm going to be in heaven um, You know when I'm when I'm not Of course doing my job The red zone will be on In 80 inch TV Glory so I will be able to See red zone from just about Anywhere where I can peek up you know, But yeah, you know, if we started – if we actually, like, stay dedicated and started some Twitter campaigns, we got a whole lot of cool hashtags that we've just generated off of this show. We've got hashtag that's so raven ra- – that's so ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, we got yeah. that, that's an oldie. That's an old one. That one's me. Um, yep. We've got hashtag full of quit. Or FedEx mail it in team, right? Or uh, has- Merga, We should have hashtag Merga. Oh gosh! <laughs> and and now you can have hashtag Styles Clash Sunday.
0: And if we had the budget, we'd have a whole uh, outfit of sounds and and sound effects for it. It'd be Styles Clash Sunday, <laughs> and you know all the yeah. the, the lasers yeah. and, and all the yeah. bells and, now, and whistles. Now people
1: who people who don't realize that that sound you just made, we've been using for thirty five years.
0: Using since we were children, yes. Yes. Anything that we want to pump up and talk about, we go, and that makes it special. Yeah, it's
1: that exact same sound.
0: <laughs> it's basically our version of pew pew pew. So we've been, yeah, we've been doing that since, <laughs> since our ages were in single digits. Oh, uh, well, it's long been
1: a while ago. since I think that's the first time you've pulled that one out on the air. But that just brought back memories, you know. And that's that's us. That's us picking games on the phone in you know 1994.
0: Right, if it was back in the, in in grade school or high school, this would be like defense fest, or it'd be something with fest at the end, and then we'd have our, yeah. our sound effect. It'd be uh, you know styles clash fest, would be something like that. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's very exciting weekend of football for me. It's so exciting that this should really make you feel good, Jason. It prompted me to go even deeper into the numbers. So I'm going to be really oh, I like that. numbered up. Because I figure if you got styles clash, good offense versus good defense, what's it going to come down to? If you can't
1: Something's execute your good give, offense, yeah, so,
0: yeah. If, yeah. You, if you can't execute, then you're not going to be able to perform your good offense. So I went and looked at all these teams, uh, Offensive line rankings, according to Pro Football Focus, and then the opposite wow. team, I went to look at their defensive rankings, their, oh. their pass rush, specifically their pass rush rankings,
1: according to Pro Football I thought you were going to start busting out like punting stats.
0: I, I, I haven't gotten quite that deep into the numbers, but it, might, it, it, may, it may be coming someday. I might have to pay more attention to the special teams uh, if I get more and more specialized with these numbers. So I'm kind of swimming in numbers a little bit. I'm probably gonna sputter Ooh. over a couple of them and not pull this off nearly long, as smoothly as I had long to. Long the
1: snap efficiency.
0: Hey, it may be a thing. It may be an important thing. You know?
1: then you would be the guy who pointed out, like, did did you see that snap? Did, <laughs> did you see the snap on that this field goal that got me the pick? Did you see that snap? I was I nailed it.
0: Told you, told you that guy's only 21st in the league in snap efficiency. I told you I was gonna mean something. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of highly paid motherfuckers in front oh, of us.
1: Right you know what? If we're making a joke about it, it's probably a thing.
0: Who know the Giants snap, long snap efficiency number and know that the, that guy is on his way out. So, uh, As much as we make fun of it. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I am going to dive a little deeper into these numbers. We're going to get into all the games, but we're going to highlight those three games The part of Styles Clash Sunday where it's a top-ranked Offense versus the top-ranked defense. We'll get to all that after I inform all of you about our websites. Uh, you can listen to the show live on blogtalkradio.com/slash in much less detail. You can listen as a podcast when the show is over. Uh, you can pick it up on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or many different podcasting apps. Just search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. And when you see us, go ahead and subscribe, and you will get every show that we do as a podcast in its entirety after it is done. I am on Twitter at IMLD Dre. Hit up Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. Find our pics on the blog. The blog site is InMuchLessDetail.blogspot.com. And send us an email if you have any questions or comments. Send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com And it's time for our highlight picks for Styles Clash Sunday. Are we ready to get started? Oh, sure. (laughs) Let's get started over in jolly old England. Our second British game of the year. Our second game to be played over in London. And this one is an early morning uh, Styles Clash. It's going to be 9.30 Eastern for kickoff tomorrow, 8.30 Central in the morning for the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. And what that means is we make fun of the the West teams going East, uh, and this one is especially way East, of course, but this is also early in the morning, especially way East. Uh, So instead of – we had last week the two West Coast teams – going over to London, but at least they played that game at noon American time, noon Central, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, This one being so early in the morning uh, American time, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. That means for the Chargers, 6.30 in the morning, their local time uh, is is when it's going to be taking place. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think that might mean something too. But uh, anyway, it's definitely – One of the styles clash uh, games that I was talking about, the Titans come in with the number eight ranked overall defense. The Chargers red hot come in with the number seven ranked overall offense. They're taking one of the home dates away from the soccer stadium in LA so that the Clippers can come over to England. So technically a road game for the Titans, but I call it a road game for the Chargers as well. Uh, Defensive injuries, no Derek Morgan for the Titans, still no Joey Bosa for the Chargers, but much more importantly, Melvin Gordon looking like he's going to be out for this one. Uh, all signs looking like that he will not be active tomorrow morning, but Austin Eckler has been pretty good uh, in his stead for the Chargers. So I don't know if they'll miss too much in the running game. Uh, the betting public, of course, um, the, the, the hot Chargers the way they've been playing and the Titans looking as bad as you could look against Baltimore last week. So understandably, the 3-3 three and three Titans are 6.5-point underdogs over in England uh, against the 4-2 and two Chargers. Jason, who you got?
1: Yeah, and we talk about the style clash of the, you wheel. Know, will the Chargers offense be able to move against what's been a very good, nobody's talking about how good Titans defense, mostly because of, you know, the offensive ineptitude of the Titans offense. And last week, the, the best example, and the, and the Ravens have shown us the blueprint, If you can get after Marcus Mariota and just run blitz and quarter, you know, rush blitz and run blitz kind of at the same time and everybody just meet at Mariota, who's clearly not healthy. He can't throw as that great. And you're not going to be able to throw uh, very well at all when you've got that kind of intense pressure. The question is, can the Chargers bring anywhere near the level of rush that the Baltimore Ravens can? The answer to that question obviously is no, especially without Joey Bosa. But can they, can they try to, can, can they do a kind of a flimsy approximation of what the Ravens or try to copy what the Ravens are up to? I think they can. Um, I, I know it's going to be 630 in the morning, their time, but yeah, I think that the, I think the chargers are going to be having the Titans and crumpets for breakfast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Chargers here, and I'm going to give the points. I just – I mean, we talk about the whole win and ugly with the Titans, and you just – you know at some point this has got to wear out. It wore out last week. The Titans absolutely got embarrassed by the Baltimore Ravens, and I think the Chargers – excuse me, the Chargers are, in my estimation, an up-and-coming team. I picked the Chargers to go to the playoffs. I, I believe I even had the Chargers to win the division. They're only a game back and 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 with all these teams that are sort of starting to round into form, really not playing, especially with the more veteran teams, really not playing much as as far as a preseason, and now these teams are starting to look really good. I think the char- the Chargers went to Cleveland, a very good defensive team, and they and they housed them. I mean, I don't see the the Browns offense as that much more or less different than what the Titans can bring. Um, you know, in fact if we actually took the Titans offense and the Browns offense, geez, are the Browns offense potentially a little better? I mean, they they actually have some playmakers on that offense, and uh with Mariota banged up and, and you know and, and his arm still questionable and iffy, I think that's good enough for the Chargers and the veterans and you know, yeah, maybe Phillip Rivers will be up, you know, he'll be morning time and cranky and he hasn't hasn't had his medicine yet and you know, it'll just make him even more angry and make more Philip Rivers faces and start, you know, yelling at people and all his meme worthy faces that he seems to make every game. But I, 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 I worry for the Titans. Derrick Henry hasn't been able to get off. Delaney Walker getting knocked out for the year is a huge loss for them. They, they have a, they have a handful of guys who can, who can catch the ball. But if Mariota is running for his life or getting blitzed into oblivion, uh, they're not going to be able to take advantage of it. So it's not the style clash that we were looking for. I think it's the other side, and it's almost the exact same result that we had last week with Baltimore and Tennessee, where Baltimore's offense didn't really do much. (laughs) When you looked at the numbers, you're like, Baltimore's offense, their numbers were not very good. But you looked up at the end of the game, and it was 21 to nothing because you saw that the the Ravens' defense just shut them down and threw up 11 sacks on Mariota. Uh, So maybe the Chargers only get half that many sacks. Maybe they only get five. I still think that's enough for them to pull off the six-point win, so I'm going to go ahead and take give the points and take the Chargers.
0: I, I hope Philip Rivers is extra cranky and extra angry because uh, you talk about sometimes crazy things happen in those London games. That would be uh, something that Phillip Rivers would be nice and primed for something stupid over there, uh, one of those penalties that he's known for where he uh, <laughs> decides that he's going to do- go – Referee the game better than the referees and tell them where they did wrong and what they're not calling right. Uh, I've never seen, I, I've said this several times on the show, I've never seen a, a quarterback pick up as many personal foul penalties for his conduct as Phillip Rivers. That guy is a red ass, and we haven't had that quite yet this year. So maybe uh, if Tennessee gets after him and he gets a little frustrated and somebody accidentally pulled his hair during one of the pass rushes and they didn't call it, then he'll. Uh, start going off on the refs and and get a couple of costly flags for the Chargers. Uh, I, like I said, I went right to the stats about offensive line ranks and and defensive pass rush ranks with pro football focus. When I knew it was going to be these kind of styles clashes Uh, the Titans have always had a sort of under the radar, pretty good defense. And and the Chargers uh, actually have uh, had a under the radar, pretty good offense as well. Uh, with Melvin Gordon really helping to lead to uh, an explosion this year. But again, Gordon being down, there's got to be a drop-off there. I know Austin Eckler has looked really good in certain spots, but I think where it might uh, come in to hurt them is maybe not the yardage uh, that might not suffer, but the finishing off of the drives uh, in the end zone. I don't know if uh, Eckler is going to be able to do what Gordon has been doing as far as finishing off and getting into the end zone. So they might have to settle for three instead of seven, a few times. And I think that might make a big difference. So here it is. Here's the numbers, uh, offensive line. Now I couldn't find uh, offensive line ranks for well, through week six. So this doesn't include the games of last week, but pro football focus does have overall offensive line ranks through week five. And I did find overall, p- p- uh, defensive pass rush ranks, through week six. So through week five, the Chargers offensive line as a whole only ranks 25th. And that's going against uh, a defensive pass rusher Tennessee that ranks uh, in the middle 17th. But when you look at the Titans and how before last week, now this doesn't include last week, Tennessee actually came into last week, seventh in overall offensive line rating. I'm sure that went down precipitously. I was about to say,
1: they came up st- I like your stats this week. I love that stat. If I
0: could use last week's game, <laughs> I, I would, but I don't have the stats after, uh, including week six. But my point is Tennessee came into that game doing a pretty good job uh, of protecting and, and you know, holding up Mariota for as long as they could. Last week, they completely crumbled and collapsed. But I don't think the Chargers are going to bust through and collapse them the way the Ravens did. I don't think the Chargers have nearly the talent uh, rushing the passer that the Ravens do. The Chargers only rank 16th in, in pass rush through six weeks. Uh, so actually, when you look at that matchup, the Chargers have done a worse job of protection throughout the year. I'm going to give the edge to Tennessee, and I'm going to say that their defense makes plays, comes through. It's going to be one of those games, I think, where the Chargers will have more yards per, uh, from scrimmage, probably by a big margin but because they won't get in the end zone as much because of Melvin Gordon being down and because the Titans defense will get after Phillip rivers and, and do some damage there that the Titans will come out on top in the end and will win the ball game and, and not just cover the six and have a half, but win. I, I did have the ball. to so lock it up, but I do have Tennessee winning the game.
1: Wow. Okay. I would have been curious to know what those numbers would have looked like going into <laughs> Cleveland last week. No, I'm just, I'm just, because you would you would figure Cleveland, all that defense, right? You know, gets after the quarterback. They had all the turnovers and takeaways. I like your stat. Uh,
0: again, I wish I could have it through six weeks, but I could not find that. All right, moving on to our next Styles Clash. We'll come back stateside for this, and we'll go up to the Windy City, where we're both from, and the Chicago Bears back home at 3-2. and two hosting the New England Patriots at four and two. And yeah, this is a big time styles clash because the Patriots offense has been cranking it up ever since those couple of losses that they took earlier in the year, they've been getting better and better offensively, but they run into one of the best defenses in football. No doubt about it, the Chicago bears. And, you know, last week was a, was a, a little bit of an uh, anomaly giving up, all that yardage to Brock Osweiler, but a lot of that was in rally mode, and the and the Dolphins give them credit for doing what they could do to come back and win that game. Uh, but before that, the Bears' defense was pretty much one of the more dominant one of the most dominant defenses in the league. So this one is the uh, Patriots uh, coming in; they're moving up, they're number fourteen in offense, but definitely climbing. They were a lot lower than that uh, after the first couple weeks of the season traveling to Chicago to face the Bears number 10 overall defense. Uh, Very curious about the home road splits for both of these teams. We've talked a lot about Chicago with Mitch Trubisky and how much better he's played at home. And the Bears are 2-0 so far at home this year. But also the Patriots, those two ugly horrible losses that had everybody talking about is the dynasty over and, and what's going on with the Patriots. Those are both on the road, if you recall. So Patriots 0-2 on the road, Bears 2-0 at home. Uh, but, of course, the respect is going to go to the AFC champs and the, uh, the great dynasty that is the Patriots. So they are still the favorite on the road, 4-2 New England overall. Uh, they're 1.5-point favorites on the road at the 3-2 Chicago Bears. So that's basically like a pick em. Um, It's It's deed that can bust Brady in the fucking mouth. So right off the bat, we start right there. We know how to beat Tom Brady over the years. We know that you have to have a defense that will get after him and and hit him in the mouth and pull him down and and hurry him and and make him uncomfortable back there. And not too many defenses can do that because he's so great with the timing and getting rid of the ball so quickly. But if you can do it, you you can beat the, the New England Patriots, no question. And the Chicago Bears can do that. Now, Khalil Mack, everyone's been talking about his ankle that he didn't uh, set the world on fire against the Dolphins last week, possibly because of a bad ankle, but when you set a, a pace like he set those first four games of the season, it's hard to keep that up, so I'd I give him a pass that he wasn't himself last week and that maybe he'll get back on track uh, this week against the Patriots. You, you know he's going to be up for the challenge. It's uh, as high a profile game as Chicago's going to have all season long, so uh, he's going to be in there. And the rest of his teammates are going to be there. That defense is uh, hasn't wasn't really talked about much going into the season under Vic Fangio. But you add Khalil Mack in that trade, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa! Look at these guys. They are something else. Uh, so that's what the Patriots have to deal with. You know they're going to be ready. They're always ready. Uh, but again, those you, those two losses on the road just stick out because they were so bad and they looked so overwhelmed in those losses. So could happen tomorrow against chicago if you haven't heard the news rob gronkowski not in chicago the rest of the team is in chicago you know what that means he's not playing he's not going to get on a private plane and fly to chicago tomorrow i woke up and felt better Uh, i know they listed him as doubtful but that's of course bill belichick and the patriots playing games again so gronk's not playing he's out Uh, and they're going to be missing their starting right tackle, Marcus Cannon, and that might be a big deal against such a, a crazy defense like Chicago coming in and trying to stomp on Brady's head. What are the numbers for this one? Coming into week six, after five weeks, the New England Patriots ranked ninth in complete offensive line, total offensive line ranking according to Pro Football Focus. That's really good. But the Chicago Bears, after six weeks, even including the Miami Dolphins game last week, They're still number three overall in the league in pass rush. That's a big discrepancy. And even when you look on the other side, the Chicago bears 11th in offensive line play after five weeks going against the new England Patriots, only number 27 after six weeks in pass rush. And that's with Adrian Claiborne uh, on one side and Trey flowers on the other. And you know how good they've been together, but they haven't been together too much. Trey flowers has been hurt. And even when they are together, sometimes you can neutralize them. So, obviously, 27, they're not getting it done very uh, impressively on a consistent basis. I'm taking Chicago to win this game. Uh, I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, the kid, Trubisky against Bill Belichick, there's no way that uh, Belichick's going to let some kid beat him. There's no way he's going to let – uh, Matt Nagy in his first year head coaching him, he's not he's not going to let him out coach him. But a lot of people said that going into the Detroit game about there's no way he's going to let Matt Patricia out coach him. And guess what? Matt Patricia out coached him, and the and the Lions clearly outplayed the Patriots on that night as well. Uh, and I think Chicago can do the same thing. I think they can get after Brady. That's the whole key. And I think Trubisky at home has been a different animal. Uh, and I think the Patriots' defense is accommodating enough to let him once again play some great football like he had played against Tampa Bay right before the bye. I, being a Bears homer, take that with a grain of salt, but I will take the Bears.
1: Yeah, even though the Patriots are giving two here, the sense that I've gotten, not just from listening to you, but the sense that I've gotten from most of sports media this last week is that even though the Patriots are the favorite, the Bears are going to win the game. That's what I that's what I keep hearing. It's going to be it's going to be Khalil Mack and it's going to be the Bears and they are going to wreck Tom Brady and they're going to get after him. And this is the recipe. This is the sort of way that you can you know, this is the way you beat them and they're not very good on the road. So in interesting enough fashion, I cannot agree more with absolutely everything that you said. I also cannot agree more with all the stats you threw out there. And I'm taking the Patriots. (laughs) <laughs> I am not, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, this is going to be the one where we could go back and look at this on Tuesday night or, you know, Tuesday night when we do our recap show. We can look at it and I can be like, yep, I completely concurred with every single point that you made. It was total, it made total sense. And I threw all caution to the wind and said, you know what? I'm going to go with the, you know, five time world champ and Bill Belichick, probably the greatest coach of all time. I'm going to go with those guys against Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears in this spot. I am a little concerned about the get off that the Bears did not show against Brock Osweiler last week. They were not very good, especially as that game wore on defensively. And I do think that the the little nagging the ankle injury that Khalil Mack has is starting to. It did show up because they weren't making you know, the plays that they needed to make. And they did a lot. Even though they, they they stripped the ball on the goal line, they did everything that they should have done to win that game in overtime. That was a game that never should have gotten to overtime, especially against Brock Osweiler. This is not Brock Osweiler. This is Tom Brady. And I don't think he's the GOAT, but I at least think, you know, he's going to be in the conversation and I think they know – I don't think that this te- – this is a team that you don't want to give any fuel to. And the fuel here this week – see, it, there was no fuel going into that game against Matt Patricia. I don't think that the Patriots were roundly looked at as losing that game. I think the Lions showed up and and, and showed out and then did a really good job, you know, with scheme and, and and exposing the Patriots. I think the Patriots, like I said, even though they're the favorite – I get the feeling they're coming into this game feeling more as underdogs because there is, you know, Patriots minus, what, minus two? Is that what we're looking at here? Um, I got we one, know and a half. one and a half. yeah, it feels even better. Um, we know that, you know, two years ago, this would have been Patriots, you know, minus 12 at Chicago. <laughs> so the fact that the numbers move to the point that they are basically in pick territory – feels like respect going almost towards the Bears, even though that flies completely in the face of what we know, which is that the home team gives three, right? Right. You know, instead of also this points moved four and a half number, uh, four and a half points towards the Patriots, so we should be thinking, well, that's that's disrespect towards the Bears and their defense and what they've done, and I just don't look at it this way. I I got the sense that they're going to come out the Patriots playing more like underdogs. I think this game will not be, I don't think it'll be particularly high-flying Uh, Trubisky has been very good at home, and if the Bears do win, I think they're going to have to do it by putting a lot of points up on the board. And I don't know if they're capable of winning that type of a game against Tom Brady in this spot. So, again, I agree with you. I I concur on everything (laughs) except your pick.
0: Yeah. No, and we've all done this over the years. We just got that feeling, just got a hunch. Whatever the stats say, we just – we look at the one side and say, I just trust that side more. I'm going to go with the side that I trust more. So, no, I, I get you. I yeah. completely feel you. You know,
1: on what, that. you know what Raheem Morris said, right?
0: <laughs> and a lot of other people, and Jerry Jones as well.
1: Stats are for losers.
0: Yeah, I've heard that so. more than once.
1: <laughs> We've uttered that many times on this show. But this is like the perfect spot for that for me. It's like I, I, I look at it and I go, I, I just don't care what your stats say. <laughs> <laughs> you can rub this all in my face on the recap show if you're right and I know you will but it's just one of oh, those yeah. where I'm like I, I look at it and I'm just like no I I, I don't care I don't care what the numbers say I, those are alternate facts oh jeez no, 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 we're, just... <laughs> we're not going down the fake
0: news route we're not going there
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going I, I, I'm not a Brady guy or a Belichick guy or a Patriots guy but in this matchup, I'm I'm going with I'm going with five rings in history and the Patriots are just a a, a you know, they're they're sort of rounding into mid season form, it feels like. And yeah, and they had to win a desperate shootout last week at Foxborough against Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's not the same animal here. This is a more defensive oriented team. I think the scores can stay a little lower, and all it takes is one of those drives where you know Brady just starts hooking up uh, with with those little those little nagging underneath type receivers on one of these drives where all he does is just moves the chains and moves the chains and moves the chains. The next thing you know, they score the winning touchdown, and and that's enough for me. Or to kick the game winning field goal, it's all they need. They just have to be two points better than the Bears, and I think they are. Right.
0: If they kick the winning field goal to win by one, I still get that pick.
1: You can still, yeah, you get that, and you can flaunt your geniusness and all your stats.
0: <laughs> that led me to that half point win. No, I freely the fun admit. Fun of doing you, what
1: we do. So,
0: you you may want to consult a not so Bears Homer uh, expert on this pick if you're looking for advice. <laughs> yeah,
1: this like, I'm not going to call Renard or you or
0: <laughs> yeah. you know
1: to, to ask about. No, and I, I totally get it. you. could you can flaunt the homerism and the Bears are looking. This is the best that that team the team has looked in a long time. Right. I mean, in hard the, in the era shot. in the era of us doing this show is this probably the best of the bears of show in the era of us just doing this show not in, you know, forever obviously but it's probably the you know there's hope i mean you actually like watch that bears team and it doesn't feel hopeless anymore
0: that can make all the difference trust me yeah all right our third styles clash game is between the Saints and the Ravens is probably the most exciting of the three uh, because when you talk about how great the Ravens defense looked last week and it makes it seem like, oh this team is totally legit and now instantly let's see what they do against the New, New Orleans Saints. Uh, one of the most exciting offenses in the league every year and they're coming off a bye. So this is right there up anyone's alley who wants to see great offense versus great defense. Here you go. It's the number three passing offense uh, in yards per game, and the Saints against the number two pass defense in yards per game uh, in the Baltimore Ravens. Number three overall offense versus number one overall defense. Uh, you can't get much better than this. Uh, New Orleans, like I said, coming off the bye, they're four and one on the year. They're two and zero on the road. Baltimore at four and two, two and zero at home, uh, and the Saints may be down in offensive linemen or maybe two, and that may. Might make all the difference in the world, uh, especially when you're talking about a defense that's coming off of 11 sacks the week before. Uh, the line is a bit of a cop-out line. The Saints are a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at the Ravens. Jason, what's your pick?
1: Yeah, and obviously we were talking about this last week when we made the pick. Uh, not when we made the pick, but when we did the recap show about Marcus Mariota and taking those 11 sacks and a better quarterback would have gotten the ball out. And, and possibly been able to beat that. Bl- well, this is a little better quarterback. I, I think we can agree. Uh, yeah, does he does have the Kinko's printed certificate to prove it? Well, wow.
0: I mean, come on. So
1: I mean, that's, that's all the bona fides that you need right, right there. there. You know, God. that's all you need. If it, you know, is a you know, excessive celebration penalty and a copy of something from <laughs> Kinko's, and you are now an all timer.
0: Tom Brady doesn't have that. Peyton Manning doesn't
1: have that. <laughs> but with, but with that being said, um, I'm I'm going home road split here. I think if this game was in the Superdome, I'd be more inclined to take the the Saints on the fast track, um, and the home crowd, and, and and sort of able to to get up over the the Ravens. I think the Ravens at home here, even though, and again, the Ravens are the hardest pick I think for us just because of that so Ravens factor. I mean. There's that part of me that's like, yeah, the Saints will probably go in there and beat them 42-3. But I'm just, you know, before the game, in picking the game, at home, I think that, you know, better defense will win out over better offense. Uh, I just went against that with the Bears-Patriots pick, but that's also better you know, that that's also like tons of experience and just, you know, kind of like a team that starts slow and then rounds into shape. And then they just sort of like go on one of these like eight game winning streaks where this is a saints team. That's not going to be on the fast track in the dome against a Baltimore team that I, that really does seem to have something like special going on on defense here. Again, it's like every few years, the Ravens just, they, they pull something out and, I don't think this is going to have to be a situation where they're going to need to win a shootout. Cause I think they can just, they're going to slow it down They're You know, I don't think the saints are necessarily going to have to make mistakes, but I just don't think they're going to be explosive, you know, an explosive explosive to the point where I think they're going to be able to to put up 30 or 35. Although it feels like every team can put up 30 or 35 these days. And we've seen the saints defense, That was supposed to be one of their strengths going into the season, getting exposed this year. The Saints have given up some big chunk plays and lots of points. um, And and it might just be enough for Joe Flacco and that trio of his sort of like his motley crew of free agent wide receivers that seems to be getting the job done. And it's interesting the way they put it together where they seem to have, you know, the guy at every level, you know, they got the short guy, the medium guy, and then they got the deep guy. So if you're going to slap together a wide receiver core, I guess doing it with some kind of a plan or some kind of a balance makes a little sense. And they're starting to see that. Um, Collins has been a nice running back for them. I I think it's enough for Baltimore to win what I think in, you know, in the now NFL, like in the current NFL would be a low scoring game, you know, kind of like a 23, 20, 24, 20 kind of game. I think it's good. enough. I I know that's just like, Oh, that's a snooze fest. But I, I think it's enough I think it's enough that Baltimore has one more play offensively in them and many more defensive plays than the Saints will be able to put up.
0: Well, for those unfamiliar with what's that's so what exactly that stands for is the Ravens are so inconsistent throughout the years that they will have a game where they look like world beaters in some facet of the game. And then the very next game, that that same facet looks like complete crap, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. There's just no explanation for it. So, but
1: it's usually, but it's usually they turn around and look like complete crap against a team they should just dominate.
0: Yeah, usually.
1: Like like uh, that it, would be so. Ravens is that they, they they crush the Patriots, and then the next week they go and they, they they lose to the Browns. That would be that's the you know that's sort of the that's so Ravens thing is it's said that. that 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 sort of like evil dichotomy that this team seems to have against itself where they'll or they'll lose to a bad team and then they'll just show up the next week and just blow someone's doors off they have no reason doing it
0: no rhyme or reason like you said yeah uh, so yeah huge test for the ravens defense they, they looked beastly against the titans last week And now they have to draw the Saints. Uh, It is uh, at Baltimore. It is getting the Saints outside, which should be an advantage for them. But it's still uh, the Saints, and they're still just humming. And you talk about the Patriots look like they're cranking up in the midseason form. The Saints look like they're cranking up in the midseason form as well. And they do that every year as well, get off to a slow start, and and then find their rhythm, uh, especially offensively. Uh, the improved Baltimore passing offense uh, that you talked about a little bit gives them uh, a a chance to hang in there with the, the saints offense and go toe to toe for a little bit. Uh, But they, to me, I think they need more balance. I think they need some running from Alex Collins and Buck Allen uh, a little more than what they've been getting uh, only averaging 3.4 yards per carry uh, as a team so far this year. Uh, And when you go to my, PFF stats uh, when you talk about the Ravens coming in uh, seventh and pass rush uh, through six weeks, which is really good, but the Saints through five weeks, and this doesn't even have to count last week because the Saints were on by, so it doesn't matter. So this is the legit Saints ranking through five weeks of their offensive line, third best in the NFL. So when you talk about styles clash offense versus defense, the Saints can, can hold up the Ravens and, and stop them from coming in and getting 11 sacks uh, like they did against the Titans. And then you combine that with the the whole that's so Ravens feeling of what would be so Ravens coming off of an 11-sack game, something like, like no sacks against Drew Brees oh, at all <laughs> and getting lit up through the air uh, by the New Orleans Saints who are nice and rested and coming off a bye. It really feels like that's exactly what's going to happen, and it feels so good to me. I'm locking the Saints up to knock wow. off the Ravens in Baltimore because that would indeed be so Ravens.
1: You win a couple of locks, man. You just start feeling your oats here, huh? Yeah, here
0: we go. That's the best
1: part. It's like you've won a couple. You've won some locks this year, and you still aren't ahead of me.
0: No. No, can't can't do it. Uh, but like I said, I've, that's fine. I just you we can keep up and keep along all the way to the end, and then I just got to get one more on you. That's
1: all you I just care have about. to get one. Well, I'm now this, this is the one I feel like I crapped all over your lock because I didn't like just be like, oh man, you're crazy. No, I mean this is not like there there's a yeah. there's definitely not like the Monday night game is. when
0: you laughed at me. Yeah. No,
1: <laughs> no, there's definitely. I'm, I was like, no, no, you know. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs>
0: Told yeah, me no, why I'm not doing to that to you. Yeah, yeah,
1: you make a good case. Uh, you, you, you definitely. I, I like those stats.
0: <laughs> I know you always like it when I break out extra stats because they usually yeah. go against me. So
1: I like it.
0: Let's see how it works this week. All right. Obviously, I uh, went on and on with my stats and took up a lot of time. So we're going to have to go really rapid fire on the rest of these games in even more or less detail, and we'll get into more detail of these picks uh, in the after show. But for now, we're just going to hit them off about as quick as we can. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Jets uh, coming back over here in America on Sunday, starting with the uh, early games, the 1 o'clock Eastern games. Vikings on the road at 3-2-1. and one. They are the favorite three and a hook, three-and-a-half point favorites at the 3-3 three and three
1: Jets. Yeah, something just doesn't seem right to me about the Vikings. And I I just – I don't feel right taking them on the road and in this spot. And it seems like the Jets could just, they're just making plays like one extra play over the top. You know, it's like one play to Robbie Anderson. I'm going to take the Jets and that hook. Love the hook.
0: Yep. I love it right along with you. So I'm going to take it uh, right there with you as well. I'm worried about the Jets I don't know if they quite know what they're doing with the they just cut Terrell Pryor. I know he was hurt, but they just they didn't yeah. even feel like waiting for him to come back. He just said Leave. So I don't know that might be something else there that I don't that we don't know about. Um, and no Quincy a new one either. But like you said, the Vikings seem to be a little off right now, so we, we'll both take that hook. Uh, Cleveland trying to come back off of that disaster last week's uh, that blooms off the rose. The Baker Mayfield bloom is off. Uh, they're at Tampa Bay and the Jameis Winston bloom has just been off for a long time. Cleveland at two, three, and one, there's another hook three and a half point underdogs on the road at the two and three Tampa Bay bucks.
1: I'm going to take the, I'm going to have the Brown fever here this week. I think that the bucks are a big step down in class off of the chargers who I think are sort of rounding into form Tampa Bay is kind of a mess. I mean, they'll put up, I think this is a high scoring game. I'm going to take Cleveland. Love the hook.
0: I agree with all that. I'll take Cleveland. I love the hook, and I think it's going to be like 31-30. to 30. And Yeah, 34-31. Yeah,
1: that feels yeah. about right.
0: And go toe-to-toe with them, yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he, Houston and Jacksonville, AFC South clash, a battle of three-and-three three teams. Houston is a four-point dog on the road at Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, Jackson. Uh, what back to back, back to back or Just terrible games. but they've had back to back weeks here. I think that stops now. I'm taking Jacksonville. Lock it up.
0: Oh, yeah. I uh, I was considering. <laughs> we, we're we're doing a lot of lock stuff in these other games after we had our battle uh, earlier. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I'm taking Jacksonville. I, I'm giving a four as well. Uh, last year, remember. The whole Saxonville thing got started down in Houston. Uh, this is a terrible protection that the, the the that the Texans are doing right now, and uh, it's time for them to get back and and do things much better. And I think that's uh, the that's the place to do it is against the Houston Texans. Uh, let's go to Philly versus Carolina. The Panthers on the road at three and two are five point underdogs at the three and three champion Eagles.
1: Now that changes things because I had this as a three and a half point spread, but I'm still, you know, I'm still going to take the Eagles here to cover that number. Um, I think that's another team, you know, they got that big win on Thursday night against the Giants, even though the Giants are trash. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, that team, I think they start rolling. I still don't know what to make out of the, out of the uh, Panthers. So I, I'm going to take the world champs here and give the points.
0: And I concur with this one as well. Uh <laughs> their defense is a little beat up but they'll get Halodi Nata back and I think that helps in the middle because the Panthers stopped, they forgot how to run last week. I don't know what happened but uh they've been so good at uh, running the ball and they couldn't do it last week and now they get Philadelphia who really is good stopping the run. Uh I'll, I'll go with the uh, with the Eagles along with you. You and your festive uh, washing machine back there—it's always. Know. I
1: had that, like turned down, this this microphone <laughs> must pick up everything. You must have been hearing all the like ice clinking in my glass as I was drinking too.
0: I heard that? I heard your wife giggling in the background when she came home earlier. Yeah. That, oh, the uh, no, microphone picks that up everything, TV,
1: so I don't know who you heard. Oh, hey.
0: <laughs> I know I heard her. Trust me. I oh, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't imagine that. Um, I I know her laugh. She she. Since I, got, I thought she was laughing at something I said because she likes to laugh at me a lot. But no,
1: no, no, <laughs> no. I said you had mute while we were talking to each other. So I don't know if I oh, unmuted okay. while something happened or I caught her when she first came in the room or something. So
0: yeah, yeah, that, that, that Mike's really good. Yeah, uh, let's go to Buffalo and in Indianapolis. The two and four Bills are without their project. He got hurt, so no. Yeah. Josh Allen and now it's old man Derek Anderson stepping in Um, and they are seven point underdogs at the one in five Indianapolis Colts
1: so this is minus seven for Indy with Derek Anderson starting for the Bills what would this have been with Peterman this have been more (laughs) I, I, I don't know I mean this is just I cannot take the Bills here I'm taking the Colts the Colts have been just terrible It's Derek Anderson they just signed the guy and they're throwing him out there we're going to see Peterman in this game. And it's probably going to be when the Colts are up 35 to three.
0: Oh, Oh God. Uh, and how God awful.
1: If it wasn't for that Jacksonville (laughs) one feeling like a gift, I would have might be locked this up, even though the Colts are terrible.
0: And how God awful is Peterman that Buffalo had to call Derek Anderson sitting there at home doing nothing. I mean,
1: you know, Kaepernick's no good. So why would they call
0: him? That's obviously not an option. Um uh, I, I concur. Um, and also, also T.Y. Dilden is uh, due to come back. So that, that always yes. makes a huge difference for, for me uh, looking at any any Colts game. is When he's playing, that's a, as a different uh, offensive lineup completely. So, yeah, I, it, Indy minus seven was just a silly spray when I saw it. And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that's, that's about right, actually. So, it I, it I feels
1: big you. until you actually dig a little deeper, but you don't have to do that much. You just have to go, oh, wait, who's starting for the Bills? Oh, yeah. Okay, Eric that makes Anderson? Sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Is Jake Delome not available. uh Detroit at uh, two and three they are three point uh favorites on the road at Brock Osweiler and the four and two Dolphins.
1: If we could not pick a game every week, this would be the <laughs> game I would stay so far. I have no idea what to make of this game, but it's again, it's Detroit on the road Dome team going outdoors. Miami still plays. Some competence on defense, and it feels like that you know. Oh my God! Maybe, maybe, maybe God just maybe Adam Gase is able to coach out another game out of Brock Osweiler. I'll take the Dolphins at home and hold my nose.
0: Doing the exact same thing. I could not believe I was taking Brock Osweiler when I looked at it, but yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, we disagree um, on every yeah. highlight game.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And- Concur on every game since. Since the um, yeah, it's the second straight NFC North opponent off a bye for Miami. We uh, we saw how it went last week against Chicago. They managed to win that one, um, and Detroit. Uh, they don't have the defense that the Bears do, so this should be even easier for for the Dolphins. So I'm, I'm going to hold my nose along with you. Uh, on to the late games. It's uh, the Rams and the 49ers out west. The uh, undefeated 6-0 Rams, uh, they are 8.5-point favorites at the 1-5 and five San Francisco
1: 49ers. We well, figured out the 49ers' whole offensive game plan is just, like, chuck it deep. Just whatever you do, just chuck it deep. thing is, is, the Rams have been getting had that way lately, and the Rams have been giving up as much as they've been giving. So I'll take the Niners to stay within a big number. Absolutely.
0: I wanted to, uh, especially off of Monday night. I said to be careful with them. They they would still compete, and they sure did against uh, the 49ers, or against uh, the Packers, rather. I don't know. The Rams, though, they're a different animal. Uh, I know they got injuries. Cooper Cup is not going to play. But I think they're running that hot as an offense. If they'll get over that, it will, it will be seamless. It's like nothing is missing. And I think they'll actually uh, win by double digits and, and cover that eight and a half. Uh, Cowboys and Indians, Dallas and Washington. I thought they would get all the media attention all week, but I haven't been watching, so I wouldn't know. But, you know, it's always going to be talked about when it's uh, Cowboys versus Redskins. Dallas at three and three. They're the one-point favorite on the road at the three and two Redskins.
1: Cowboys just put up 40 on the Jaguars, so of course they're going to go lose to Washington. I'll take the Redskins and 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 the home point,
0: and so Cowboys. Um, uh, I'll I'll take Dallas. Uh, they they look really good. They might be sort of turning a corner there. Here's the thing with the Cowboys. Of course, uh, it's always been the way that they can win games is just get behind Ezekiel Elliott and the offensive line and just oh, yeah. run over everybody. It's up to the, the shit for brains coach and the shit for brains GM to figure that out. Uh, but it looked like the coach figured it out last week and I think uh same thing's gonna happen here. Alex Smith and Washington would have to score early and get up early, uh, or else Dallas or else Dallas will run them over and I don't trust Alex Smith to get up early than anybody, so I'll take Dallas. And don't forget Sean uh, Lee's back. Oh, oh how could I forget? Great shit. They would have scored eighty left. <laughs> The great, Sean Lee's back.
1: You know, we don't have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to play that for anymore, so we have to play that for Sean Lee.
0: That's right. Sunday night football. Uh, I, I was really looking forward to the Rams and the Niners for Sunday night, but I don't know what happened. Something's. I don't. I don't know what, but it's going to be Cincinnati and Kansas City instead.
1: Oh, a real game.
0: <laughs> the, the the earliest
1: flex in history.
0: Uh, the four and two Bengals six point underdogs at the five and one Chiefs.
1: Well, we know it's probably going to be high-scoring because I don't think the Chiefs can play a game any other way. But I don't I, – you know, I, I could take Tom Brady in a shootout against Pat Mahomes. I can't take Andy Dalton. He will give the ball to the Chiefs at some point in this game. Or Vontez Perfect will get called for some ridiculous 15 yard oh, penalty to extend the drive at some point in this game. I'll take Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs' offense and give the six.
0: And not only that, but what happened after that – Pittsburgh game last week, several since the defenders are out. That thing that that feud is so violent and so disgusting. So I'll take the Chiefs as well.
1: And Marvin Lewis still has a job.
0: Yeah, incredible. Monday night football is the Giants at one and five plus four at the two and four Falcons.
1: I mean the Giants are terrible. But the Falcons have the worst defense in the <laughs> league. I'm gonna take the I don't think the Giants win, but it's gonna be Falcons up by two or three and all bets are off after that happens on the last drive for the Giants. The Giants are going to go down there and punch that in and they're going to win the game or the Falcons are going to hang on for dear life like they did against Tampa. So I don't trust the Falcons by four over anybody, even the Giants. Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, those guys will put up points on Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I concur with that too. I can see the Giants winning the game even.
1: Um, and, I, that's what I said. I said I, I, I'm not picking a winner here because I actually yeah. feel like it's a close game late, and it's going to be who has the ball last. Mm-hmm. Whoever possesses yeah. the ball at the end probably wins this damn thing.
0: And a lot of the uh, experts are sort of trashing Saquon Barkley a little bit saying, hey, look, you know, some of the great runs that he's making, some of the impact plays that he's making, and they're still one in five. You, you can't take a running back that high because he can't oh, really affect the game. This, my
1: God, that guy! we didn't have this <laughs> shit back like when Walter Payton was playing. He can't win a title by himself. You can't well, take can a say running it's back about like high. the 82 Bears, right? You got the greatest running back of all time. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there's no impact on that team that he's had. Shut up.
0: Well, I think this is a game that Saquon Barkley can, can impact because the Falcons can't stop anybody. So this is the he can yeah. He can go for a Especially buck fifty Especially if in this you
1: can one catch and, the back, uh, pass-catching uh, running backs. I mean, we go back to the Super Bowl. We know the Falcons cannot handle pass-catching running backs, and Barkley can catch out of the backfield just as well as he can run. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he's going to be a nightmare on them. And this is prime time, big game. Yeah, Saquon Barkley probably has 250 all-purpose yards in this game.
0: <laughs> Excuse me, would not be surprised.
1: Yeah, there's I, a tout I, for that. if There's a bet for that. Uh, I you go put it down. Slap that down.
0: Saquon Barkley props. Uh, we we yeah. give it all to you. So after all that disagreeing on the uh, highlight games, we pretty Five. much agreed on just about every. Uh, then we disagreed games.
1: on five. Total. Yeah. Uh, After it felt like we were going to disagree on every game all week. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just the way it goes. We clearly disagree on Style Clash. Chow, chow, chow.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> Styles Clash Sunday.
0: No, and, and I really did want to go with what the numbers told me, so I didn't say, all the defense is dominating, so I'm just going to go all defense, because I not only went with the Saints over the Ravens, but I locked them in, because I just feel like they're going to exploit the Ravens and and do some real damage to them. But but yeah, that's what the numbers told me about that game. It it told me to take Chicago over New England, because that's what good defenses do to New England, is they bust them in the fucking mouth and, and hold them down, especially when New but, England has to go on the road. We, we uh, didn't
1: even need numbers for that. I mean, we know that. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, I know. I I, I know what you're saying. It just, Bears aren't going to beat the Patriots.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, if they do, they do, and great, and they get, you, get a, you get a win over me, and it's, it's one out of 256. But, it's, oh, man. I think it This feels like this number feels like it's asking for. Did you ever get that line where it feels like they want you to bet the Bears?
0: I, I wonder. Well, I I don't know what the line movements have been either. You were looking at two earlier. I got one and a half. That I don't know how much yeah. of that is on uh, Gronk news. That it might be down to one or pick them by tomorrow morning. Uh, if enough people say, "Oh, yeah. Gronk's out," I gotta go. I gotta go, Chicago it's now. Very,
1: so. it's very possible. I'm seeing here. I'm looking on covers uh, covers dot com on their NFL odds page. I see plus two, plus three, plus one and a half, uh, plus two for the Bears. So anywhere from one and a half to three. Mm-hmm. And this this updates live. Uh, let's see the line history for this week is the open. Most of the line, the line opened in Vegas at two and a half. Okay. It moved up wonder... as high as three and a half. And so, yeah. Okay. So most of the lines moved. Okay. So it looks like every place that I could see in uh, a stat for everything opened around two and a half or one of them opened at three Everybody had moved up at one point during the week to three, to three and a half, and now it's, you know, now it's started to slide yeah, a little bit.
0: money is, uh, see, that's the smart money coming in on Chicago. I feel even better now.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I cannot imagine a scenario where Chicago would have been favored uh, outside of last week they go to Miami and like, butt fuck them. Well, and
1: it just started to them. That, that, yeah, that, was the, that was the, you know, they were up eight late, right? And I mean, they, they were up, they, they, they had to lead. And get that
0: touchdown that Trey Burton's called for that stupid Oh, OPI, oh wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. And they're up 14. They hear, the, they hear some violins playing.
0: Man, they're up 14, and Brock is not leading that comeback, I'm telling you. I'm what what, just you, talk, saying. what are you talking
1: about, it's a cheap call that helped a team? Come on. At home?
0: Yeah, that, that never happens to anybody else, I understand. It doesn't
1: happen for the Astros.
0: Uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, this playoff has been something. Uh, it's been some Twilight Zone stuff going on in these, uh, in these baseball playoffs. Oh, every night there's something just even stranger. Just,
1: yeah, I mean, unless the Brewers put up a five spot here in in the bottom of the ninth, um. I, I I do have to go out and say as, as much as it's going to hurt me to say because you know my wife's a big Brewers fan and I, I I'll be glad that I'll, I'll be glad <laughs> that it's over because I, I when you're going to the bullpen after one batter in the third inning it's oh just just no
0: no well, he got him a seven uh, that, that silliness that Craig Council was doing got him to a game seven so I'm sure well, he's feeling I, vindicated
1: he'll feel like he didn't uh, bullpen enough.
0: Got to do it more next year. You got to have got to have a twenty-five man roster where it's ten position players and and fifteen pitchers. Got to got to really mix it up.
1: Yeah, just have no starters. Just just have thirteen bullpen guys and just mix it up as it goes.
0: <laughs> That's basically what they were doing. They, they seem like he didn't want to use any starters uh, ever. Probably pained yeah. him to have Julius Chassin go more than an inning.
1: Oh God! No, he went two. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, that, that that this may be unceremoniously kind of ending, and you no, know, an ending kind of in sort of an anticlimactic fashion for the way this series went. To, to have them, yeah. to, to have to have a game seven that's just kind of over. You know, it's like, oh, okay. No,
0: well, it happens like that sometimes. You get out, get to that penultimate game and it goes over like a fart, and it's just yeah. nothing you can do because you're you're not the better team.
1: But yeah, very rarely though do you have a seven a seven game series where the better team just doesn't win out.
0: Yeah, usually the the one and done win it all. You know every, the winner takes yeah. it all. Usually the better team. Finds a way to be on top at the end of that,
1: and 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 we talked about that in the show, in the last show or the show before that, where it felt like the Brewers were set up where they could be that they could win the one and done. it's like, oh, they were almost like this team was just set up to win the wild card game, and they somehow won the division because they got so hot late. But this felt like it felt like everything they were doing was like this roster was built to win the wild card game just to get into the playoffs. And because because you do kind of like in a long series that you, you weren't going to be able to just keep throwing bullpen guys, because eventually you were going to throw a bullpen guy that the other team has just seen too much. And they're going to and they're going to and they're going to get to or they're going to figure out. And, you know, today it was Jeffress.
0: Well, go back to the beginning of the season when you criticized them for all the pieces they were trying to add and it looked like they were just yeah. stab, stabbing in the dark a little bit just trying to get whatever they could to compete and contend so I think maybe they were a little bit on on the same wavelength as you that I don't think they were planning to, to make a playoff run this year I don't think they were necessarily right. thinking that they were going to be the division champs or the best record in the National League and all that stuff I, I think they were just adding whoever they could add just desperately trying to stay relevant and stay in contention. Uh, And just sort of a look at what I found and look what fell into our laps. Uh, And now you have a manager who wasn't planning to be in this position and a little bit over his head and starts making some decisions that, you know, very, very questionable. And, you know, this is what you end up with.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got, you have to almost think like, you know, the 20, the 2019 outlook for the Brewers uh, should they falter here. It's very positive because, They can just get some starting pitching. They certainly need that, and then have dominant bullpen. Because you can't have the starting pitching that they have right now, and expect that you're going to go that way through a whole season, just burning out your bullpen every. You can't you can't do this all season long. So we know that this is not sustainable over the length of a full season. It's it's not winning baseball.
0: We were making fun of them using Josh Hader for two innings at a time in April.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: this isn't no, going to last. No, I,
1: I know. I know. He we went three innings today.
0: And it lasted all the way to October. It's, uh, in, in some way, you got to tip your cap to them for what they did. Oh,
1: absolutely. I, I'm the, the one, one to eat shit more than anybody because I was, I was ripping on them all year for the moves they were making. And here they are, You know, Game 7 of the NLCS. It's not over yet. And it's looking over, but it's not over yet. We've seen crazy shit, right?
0: This would be uber super great. But I guess it would, it would be in uh, keeping in with this, all, when this, when this particular postseason. Uh, yeah. That crazy happened that the Brewers come all the way back and win.
1: I, I still think this ultimately doesn't matter because I think the Red Sox are, are taking these. Whoever wins this, I think the Red Sox yeah. are taking them.
0: And we said that who, Astros or Red Sox, whoever comes out of that, is your yeah. world champion, and there, there's nothing to change that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so ironic that we were just talking about the look at me umpires, and there's old country Joe West. Oh,
0: you know, Jesus, I don't even.
1: His, do you, you don't even have the stomach to talk about it, do you?
0: No, I don't know what he did today, and I don't care. He's a he's an old fight. He's like no in that
1: no the Astros the Astros uh, he's the guy who took the home run away from Jose Altuve.
0: Oh, that play, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: got to be look at me, look at me. I gotta, I gotta be all emphatic, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call this guy out, even though I didn't see anything there. To, to first of all, it was that a Bartman or a Jeffrey Meyer type situation? Although Bartman was in the in the stands, I don't <laughs> think he reached over the wall. Um, this wasn't Jeffrey Meyer reaching two feet over the wall. No. These no, guys was... like, oh shit! A ball's like a, ball, a line drive home run's about to hit me. Put my hands up.
0: Yeah, it was right, it was right there, right on the borderline. Certainly nothing enough to make the, the umpire make the call on the field that he should have been out. Right. But yeah, that's that's Joe for you. Yeah. He's, he's um, like Hall Carrollson. Just the game has passed you by, and
1: you, you need yeah. to just let go. But he also thinks the game's about him. Like people, yeah. like people pay their money to go see Joe West. That's what he thinks.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah, I don't have the stomach to talk about him in any capacity.
1: <laughs> you know, when I, when I buy tickets to go to a baseball game, I I, I, I make sure Joe West is umping that game because that's something <laughs> I can't miss.
0: Well, I make sure Angel Hernandez is umping because is I know it's uh, going to be a shit show.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a bad call, and he's going to be emphatic about it, too. Mm-hmm. Like Not like, yeah, I made a bad call. Step off.
0: What do you want? You're that bad at your job that you got Steve McMichael calling you out from the the booth. That was awesome. While doing the seventh inning stretch. You know you really stink. And he's still around. How long ago was that? That was 15 years ago,
1: wasn't it? At least. And it was terrible. I mean, the call was terrible.
0: Oh, of course. Because all his calls are terrible.
1: So so for, so somehow, they, you know, they say they have these rating systems for umps. No, they don't.
0: They can't, because you and I both know who the worst umpires in baseball are, and we know it every year. We know it's Joe yeah, West, we know it's, it's Angel like... Hernandez, and we know it's Laz Diaz, and we know it's C.B. Buckner. <laughs> and everyone knows this.
1: And, it, and it's not like, yeah, it's not like it ever changes, or, you know, like Angel Hernandez has suddenly become better at umping.
0: No, he still sucks. And so do all the others.
1: But you love you love a CP Buckner, don't you?
0: Oh my God, he's so terrible. Uh, I don't know if he's still even around anymore. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw him do a game. He might have already. He might have been let go or, or gone to do something else. Or I don't. But yeah, we know who the worst umpires are because we watch the games and whatever ranking system they have that keeps these guys employed. I'd love to see it because I want that job where I can suck every year. And, and still be able to, to stay employed. I wanted, I want that employment. Uh, I want, I want that package right there.
1: You can be a weatherman.
0: Well, fifty percent of the time, I, I might be right yeah. about
1: it. Well, see those balls and strikes. You know, these guys. You know, sometimes these guys are just guessing.
0: No, I want to be a weatherman in the Virgin Islands or, or somewhere in the Caribbean or something. San Diego. You know
1: it's going to be seventy and sunny tomorrow guess what here's We're our 7 day forecast sunny, as you see I've filled in the graphic <laughs> for 70 and sunny every day I'm your oh, oh, oh wait on the 7th day 68 and sunny <laughs> I, I, you know like it's anybody ever holds those guys to account for anything beyond like day 3 but the weather guy said 7 days ago that it was going to be <laughs> oh, come on this is why I don't understand why they have to have seven-day forecasts. Because nobody looks up at the seven-day forecast and goes, oh, I'm good for the next week.
0: Yeah, I don't plan what's uh, what I'm doing on Saturday based on the Sunday newspaper telling me what's going to yeah. be happening next Saturday.
1: Yeah. I got to work today. We had a straight-up, like, snowstorm blow through. Not forecast. Oof. Just boom. Heavy snow all of a sudden in the area. Everything turned white for about two hours. Now, it was, it was still warm enough that nothing, like, accumulated, but it was on the grass and on the rooftops, but it was snowing, and it was snowing hard. If you, uh, I was watching the Badgers game, and then as soon as it got done snowing where I was, it started at the Badgers game. That must be what blew through here.
0: And then the weatherman ran on the air and said, we had a surprise snowstorm today. It was excellent. They get so excited when they get surprise weather.
1: And then and then after right around after halftime in the Badger game, it was sunny for the rest of the game. <laughs> That is Wisconsin weather.
0: I, I don't miss the midwestern weather at all. Do not miss it.
1: Yeah, we've had, I mean, it's mid-October, and we've had at least three times already I've seen snowfall this, this so far, which is pretty early for us to see it, like, this much. Like, you get every once in a while get, like, the, those surprise showers at night and you wake up in the morning and there's a little snow on the grass it's like all right i get that it gets cold at night right no no this is like daytime snow hmm.
0: yeah that is very early
1: yeah it, we, talked, it, we yeah. talked
0: about denver getting snow last week uh for that rams game and uh, I got some friends out in Denver, and they're they're still going through some snow uh, showers and cold weather and ice and stuff. And they're like, "It's October! What the hell? It's <laughs> it's way too early well, for." When, all you
1: this live, when you live right there, I mean, we live in Denver. You shouldn't have any. You know, you got the Rocky Mountains sitting right there, like the giant weather maker. You shouldn't be sitting there going, "Oh wow, this weather is so crazy." But you should expect it.
0: Well, Wisconsin the same way, but. It is still pretty early for all that. Yeah. You, you guys, uh, when when winter hits, it really hits with you guys.
1: So. Oh, man. I was hoping it would, you know, take its time getting here, but I don't know. Right. We, we're getting like an extended cool fall because, you know, 40s, yeah You want fall weather to be like 50s and 60s.
0: Oh, like down here.
1: Yeah, not forty and brutally windy. Today, it was like cold and windy, and snows coming out of nowhere. It was like, what a weird day. It's been like this for about the last week, 10 days now. I, I told you, I told you about the day, I told you about the day I went and picked up my mom from the hospital, I Lake Superior was red. It was so windy. Ooh. The lake was red, because there's so much iron in the water up up north there, because that's where all the iron is. And uh, when it gets really windy, you just start to get the chop, and the lake turns red. It's it's evil. It's like Devil Lake. It, it's not. Uh, it's like something out of a horror movie. I remember when the sea turned red.
0: <laughs> I, I wasn't even gonna front and pretend like I knew why the wind made the water turn no. red. I was just it's gonna iron. let you. Yeah. It's the iron. Explain that, okay? It's the iron. That, that's very odd.
1: You don't see that down in Memphis.
0: Definitely not. Uh, you, you see a little brown water, though. You, uh, when those garbage barges oh, yeah. uh, go floating through the, the <laughs> Mississippi, you start to see a little brown going through there. It's like, oh, okay.
1: Well. The you, with, the, with the Mississippi, you get the floods, where the islands just disappear.
0: <laughs> not all the time, but, yeah, we've had a couple of years when I, since I moved down
1: here uh,
0: yeah. that uh, downtown has basically been like, nope, can't drive down there. It's, it's kind of underwater.
1: Yeah. They have that amusement park down there on that island. Um
0: Oh, Mud Island, yeah.
1: Mud Island. And that that floods like all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's it's appropriately named. Name. Mud
1: Island.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't made it over there yet. That also I haven't made it on Bay no? Street, which is
1: Wait, you have yeah. been living down there Yeah. Six years?
0: It's our seventh anniversary just passed.
1: Seven. Man. Yeah, I know. I'm still t- I'm still tired from helping you move down there. <laughs>
0: I know, I know you are.
1: Every time <laughs> and my I'm, back hurts, I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm still
0: That's very great. appreciative of the move.
1: No, no, <laughs> no. I I offered. That was my dumbass.
0: <laughs> and
1: I don't know. Myself. I still don't know what
0: I would have done if you hadn't offered.
1: So, oh, so Clayton Kershaw's in to close out the game. Ooh. They burned up. They burned up Kenley Jansen for two innings, uh, and then they uh-huh. lifted him for a pinch hitter who they intentionally walked. And uh, yeah, they, yeah so Kershaw. This is interesting because this could this could be like genius, or this could just blow up in their face.
0: But say it's genius until he pulls his lat. Then then it's not so much genius.
1: <laughs> then they win the game, and he's out for the World Series.
0: But great job by Kershaw to help close down the uh, the NLCS. However,
1: oh, he can't pitch boy. in
0: the in the World it's Series. It's a
1: comebacker a off his kneecap. Right. <laughs> Let's just give them one more reason to to lose the World Series because apparently Chris Sale can't pitch because of a belly button ring.
0: That doesn't smell right. That you, well, yeah, literally. That, does
1: that is that right up there with the all time like BS sports excuses?
0: Is it Jeff Ken falling off his motorcycle? No, uh, no. no.
1: Who, who tripped over his dog? Wasn't that Brian was? Greasy? Brian.
0: <laughs> he was not drunk. He tripped over his dog.
1: He tripped over his dog.
0: Uh
1: huh. We've heard all the good ones.
0: Yeah. No, that that's that's a new one. Your belly button ring made you. Someone feel was heavy. washing
1: their car. Or washing his uh, truck.
0: No, Jeff Kent claims – Jeff
1: Kent said to... he was washing his truck, right?
0: I thought he said he. Yeah, it was. I, I was getting the story switched around. Yeah, yeah, he said he was washing his truck, and he was actually uh, on a motorcycle and shouldn't have been. Right, I believe. Yeah, that that was the story.
1: Yeah, we, we we yeah we've had plenty of these over the years where guys get these injuries that they're not supposed to get. Then you have Josh Gordon, who's actually honest and tells them that he hurt himself. He tells the Browns he hurt himself uh, running for a photo shoot or running for a commercial, and then they cut him. He should have said he was carrying some groceries (laughs) and tweaked his hammy.
0: Uh, Derek Rose claimed to have cut himself uh, because he was peeling an apple in bed and and cut himself with a knife. So that's that's another
1: (laughs) one. Because, you know... I peel apples in bed all the time. <laughs> in bed. Mm-hmm. That's the last place you would peel an apple. Why would you peel an apple in bed?
0: You know, with, with him, though, uh, you might you might be inclined to believe it because he's liable to do anything. Well,
1: Derek Rose Derek gets hurt getting out of bed.
0: Yes. That, that's still one of my favorite uh, social media memes is when he got traded to New York and there was... Uh, a hotel room with suitcases, and they had the they cut the picture out of him lying on the court when he blew his knee out, and he was laying in the hotel room uh, on the floor because <laughs> he heard <hurt> himself packing.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's just... that's
0: that's one of my favorites. That's
1: still. pretty good. That's oh, good. It,
0: it was great. it was perfect Photoshop too.
1: Uh, that's um, as, that's as good as the meme they had of J.R. Smith running into the liquor shop for Yeah. Hennessy. <laughs>
0: Where are you going? Oh, oh. I, I, I,
1: are are we going to get the over dramatization of every single game LeBron plays for the Lakers this year?
0: At least in the first week. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. I mean, they were doing this for preseason games. Mm -hmm. Now it it always, it always coincided with a slow sports day, but now that we're getting to be like, we're going to be out of baseball here soon. And and it can't carry football all the time. I mean, we're gonna get LeBron's first visit to the Pacers as a member of the Lakers tonight. <laughs> oh. let's, yeah, let's just let's just let's just calm this down. First of all, that team's not very good.
0: Oh, everyone knows that.
1: They're not going to win the title. LeBron made the. I, I tried to plead with LeBron. I remember when I made my my plea, and he didn't listen. He does somebody, some of his crew wasn't listening to our show because leaving the East, why would you, why LeBron, why?
0: I think that had to be more than basketball. I think that had to be it's about setting up his, his life after basketball and being yeah. out in L.A. Yep. with the with,
1: with the it's, Hollywood
0: it's, stars. Yeah.
1: It's his TB12 move or his, you know, <laughs> his, his yeah. brand, right? He's branding himself by going to L.A. He did not oh, go to L.A. A LeBron to t- brand not go nope. to LA to win title.
0: No, he he knows that. I mean he knows his and team. He's, knows.
1: And, and he's won titles.
0: He's so won titles, seven straight Eastern Conference titles in a row. I mean, there's really nothing left to prove there, right? Yeah.
1: He's won three, right?
0: Won three rings, yeah.
1: Yeah, three rings that's nothing. I mean it's you can't take that away from him. He's gonna be he's 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 in the GOAT conversation. That's all you can ask for.
0: Yeah, people will always criticize him for not getting to Jordan 6. Kobe didn't get to Jordan 6. Shaq didn't get to Jordan 6. I mean, it's.
1: Yeah, Jordan but, 6 is Jordan right. 6. But Jordan. But LeBron also didn't have, you know, Pippen and Horace Grant and Dennis Rodman. And, you know, he, LeBron, LeBron had dude, dudes his whole career. LeBron, LeBron and doing guys. The
0: finals with, with guys is uh, still yeah. an amazing uh, accomplishment. I mean, he had to go. Uh, link up in Miami with the superstars and create that whole thing. But again, I was never one to criticize him for that. Why would you criticize someone trying to go somewhere where you have a better chance to win? That's kind of the fucking point. You know,
1: nobody and you and I are both, I think, agreement on this is nobody criticized the move. They criticized the decision. A lot
0: of people criticized the move and still do today and those people never had the opportunity to make such a move cuz they're not good enough. That's all that. Yeah,
1: is I can't I, I can't blame it. Jordan didn't need to leave the Bulls. They were going to win the title every year. Why would you leave?
0: Jordan had a a team of executives that actually knew how to put a winner a winning team around right. him, so he didn't right. have to leave. Lucky and him. Then those
1: same executives got jealous of the success and decided they were the ones who won. You know, right? They blew it up. They blew up the Bulls.
0: All right, six rings is enough. Let's let's break all this up. We we got to get rid of organizations. All these divas.
1: Organizations win championships.
0: Gotta let these guys know who's really running the show. Yeah. Let's bring in Pete Myers to be our new <laughs> starting
1: shooting guard. And there's He's nothing. Gonna... And, I, and I. And there's nothing that says that the Bulls would have automatically won eight titles in a row had Jordan not taken those two years off? Because you, you don't know what the miles would have been like at that point either. Exactly. That's another
0: point I've always made that LeBron with his seven, uh, conference titles in a row and seven finals appearances in a row, which is something Jordan couldn't do. Cause he quit on his team halfway through his reign. Uh, yeah. we don't know exactly. We don't know how many that they the details made are to, a
1: little fuzzy. There's some conspiracy theories out there.
0: I understand Uh some people think he was uh, under the table suspended for all his gambling. Yeah, you
1: know, for the gambling or something about his dad dying. You know, and then there's all the conspiracy mm-hmm. theories about. Oh well, well, wait a minute. What do you mean? You know, with his dad dying. You know, people. You know, those people think his dad got offed.
0: That, that that is out there, absolutely. Yeah, so
1: there's all that out there. That says, I'm not pulling this out of my ass. I'm just repeat. I'm not saying I agree with these. I'm just saying these are things that yeah. we've heard over the years, especially living in Chicago, being so close to. You hear all kinds of stuff. Like I know a guy. Somebody knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who, a guy who, and who heard from a guy that <laughs> that was what happened, and that was you know David Stern, um, you know secretly suspended. Uh, Jordan for all of his gambling problem and it was either that or or face like a public humiliation. Yeah, there was all sorts of stuff. I don't really think Jordan wanted to go was was you know, bereaved over the loss of his dad, he decided he was going to go live his dream of playing baseball for the Birmingham Barons.
0: That to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but since that's the story that he's that, sure. that's the official that's the narrative. story,
1: yes. It's the official story. I mean you got to believe that's... it.
0: So that's what I'm going with it He quit on his team in the middle of a, of a three yeah. time championship run and and eventually decided to play minor league baseball that's, Yes, that's what he claims,
1: and his career highlight was getting a double in a game that didn't count, yes career baseball we could hey we could put m j in the hall of infamy. <laughs> Would that would be was, a coup. It's a coup.
0: That's an infamous baseball player, if there ever the was one.
1: The goat is you know, somebody. We, we said he has to. He can't be in the Hall of Fame. We met the baseball Hall of Fame.
0: Can he even be in the baseball Hall of Infamy? Considering he was, was he ever really a major leaguer? Did he ever play any actual major you know, league ball?
1: But we, we put in, but we put in people who like didn't yeah, play I baseball know. at all. I, mean, I put in a guy who carried around Ryan Braun's pee sample. This is true. <laughs> he played in an almost professional MLB game in the Crosstown Classic, the game that didn't count. When he got a double. That was like the big that was his highlight of his career.
0: He played in an exhibition game.
1: He played in an exhibition game at Wrigley Field. That was something to watch. I remember skipping school for that.
0: I did too. I I, I, remember, mean, I mean
1: I I mean I wasn't feeling good that day.
0: Uh right, right. <laughs> yeah, <he was> really...
1: <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I think I, I don't think I missed the Crosstown Classic every year.
0: We talked about it. I was, I was somehow home. I could pick up the phone and call
1: you and know you were home. Mm -hmm. Mhm. Yeah, you're home, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's Crosstown Classic. It wasn't just the Jordan one. It was every year for the Crosstown Classic. It was a big deal.
0: For a game that didn't count.
1: I also remember not, not feeling well uh, to stay home and watch the day that Geraldo got the chair busted over his face by the skinheads. <laughs> that was a big deal. It was. I, people don't know. This was simpler times, but that was a huge deal when the dude threw the chair and busted the Geraldo Rivera's nose. and on, on, That was like Jerry before Jerry.
0: Yeah, it really was.
1: You know, cause That became like an everyday thing on Jerry Springer.
0: Oh my god. The families that would just come on and start throwing things at each other and that the, it was it had to be staged. It just I, the the yeah. one with Geraldo wasn't staged, but the the, the stuff on Springer I, had god,
1: to God that that didn't feel staged. That that felt very real. No,
0: no that was that was very real. The the Morton Downey Jr. stuff, that was very real. Oh. That was people
1: they <laughs> people what, just hated. I remember his watching stuff. the Morton Downey Jr. show. That is one that's sort of in the memory hole of history, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it shouldn't be because he he's a pioneer of all this. All yeah. the talk, all the talk stuff, all the screaming and yelling, and and uh, what would he what would he do? He was shut up, shut up, shut up, shut. Up. He was get yeah. get right in the guy's face and just keep telling him shut up, shut up, right in his face. Uh, and this is in the in the '80s, so it was yeah. very new and and not something that everybody did. Uh, so yeah, he's a pioneer of all this. The the cable news and the pundits yelling at each other. He's right at the
1: top of, uh, of guys that innovated that stuff. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching that. We probably shouldn't have been watching that for the age that we were. We were watching that. It, it was
0: perfect for us because it was just like the political stuff today. Yeah, it's made for it really kids, was. really because it's not about the issue. Yeah. It's about shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. It's it's about just yelling at the top of your lungs. Yeah.
1: So it, it, was, it was like watching us. a con. It was like watching an hour long uh, wrestling promo getting cut. Hmm.
0: Exactly what it was, and you know, none of it a, felt. You
1: know, it didn't feel real. I mean, I mean, it was like so sensationalized and so over the top. You know, it, it didn't feel like you were watching. Like the real people don't act like this,
0: right? Uh, there's a there was an excellent uh, uh, documentary about Morton Downey Jr. out uh, years ago. I forget what it was called, but uh, you, you find it and you will see that some of that stuff indeed was not real. That you you will see some I'm
1: of the. I'm not shocked to hear that.
0: Some of the Al Sharpton stuff was uh, extremely scripted, <laughs> which is not a surprise, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and well, and uh, newsflash uh, update here, uh, Clayton Kershaw, 1-2-3 one, well, one, in the ninth.
0: Oh, he, he didn't hurt himself.
1: Well, good for them. He dealt no, gonna... 15, pitches, 15 pitches, and uh, it's over. So it's uh, Dodgers-Red Sox uh, starting Friday?
0: Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday. I believe.
1: Tuesday, yeah. Friday would have been Friday, Saturday, Sunday would have been the Milwaukee games here. Had they won, had Milwaukee uh, that's why I remember Friday. So, because my wife's like, "Should we get tickets?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, unfortunately, we're in Chicago Friday, Saturday, and Sunday." <laughs> Darn it. it! That's why we—that's why we have to do our pick show next week on Thursday. I got to really get you off your game.
0: Oh man, I'm—I'm I'm not going to have any of my normal.
1: Uh, yeah, I know really you're going to have like twelve contingency no, picks. I'm going to take this team unless I find out that the other team has a better long snapping coefficient (laughs) in rain.
0: The uh, interior defensive lineman may not play for this team. (laughs) So if he's deactivated to out, then I will change my pick. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. You'll have 12 contingency picks. I'd love to see that. I was yeah. Hey, I got you, screwed was the... by a contingency pick last week. I was all over Miami until I found out Brock Osweiler was there. I was like, uh-uh, no, nope. <laughs> switch it, and then I lose. That's that, that's that's how you go down on a contingency.
0: I was right along with you, man. I just knew <sighs> that the Bears were going to eat Brock Osweiler alive, and I had that's... even
1: asked if we could make it a contingency lock. Thank God we never made a ruling. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that would have really sucked. Yeah, yes. that's that's why they play the games, right?
1: Yeah, th- that that probably flew in the face of all stats. Brock Isiahler won the game.
0: Exactly that that sh- that should never happen. No,
1: that should any... not. <laughs> they played that game ten times again. The Bears would have won all ten. I
0: was uh, all this time. I was going to ask you what was the score when Kershaw came in for the ninth? Were they up by three or four? Or... Uh,
1: five one.
0: Okay, so they were up four. Okay, that's.
1: So, yeah, 5-1 was the final. Yeah, the Brewers got a solo homer in the first, and then uh, what they got? The Dodgers got a two-run shot from Bellinger in the second, and a three-run shot from Puig in the sixth.
0: So, that's understandable to bring in Kershaw to protect a four-run lead. You don't want uh,
1: right.
0: to bring in some scrub and, and risk that getting out of control. But right. anything Jansen, bigger than...
1: And Jansen had pitched the seventh and the eighth.
0: Yeah, they had to use him in high leverage, I assume, which, uh, which makes yeah. sense.
1: Well, which was but, understandable, because in the eighth inning, he went through the heart of the lineup. So he went through yeah, – yeah, he actually closed the game in the eighth.
0: Right, because in so the 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 best hitters are up.
1: Yeah, because in the ninth, Kershaw had to get out Shaw, Aguiar, and Moustakis, which also meant he was facing two lefties.
0: Right, so. and – that's that's the deal. Now you got your your closer in the situation where he's facing the best hitters, and that might come in the seventh or the It might not be the ninth. Uh, yeah, and and you, under, it, you understand that because you don't want to send out some I, setup guy right. to face the heart of the order and just get yacked out par- all over the park. All over the park. Oh, but I still got my closer. Baltimore's still waiting to use Zach Britton. They still are holding their closer back. They're still waiting to use him from the postseason a couple years ago. So you got to save your closer.
1: Yeah, I I agree with stuff like that where there could be a spot in the game that determines the game that just doesn't have to be the ninth inning, and that's where you want to get your your highest leverage guys out there. I, I that makes total sense to me. That, that's that's not even less, uh, like a you know like a sabermetric type thing. I think that just makes sense. I was but opposed it's still, to
0: the it's still know, starting
1: weird. pitchers facing one batter. That is not, that's not sabermetric at all.
0: No, that is, I don't know what I'm doing in, in this managing role. That's what, the, that's what that is.
1: That's called, um, wow, how did we, we get here? That's called the moment <laughs> is bigger than me. I'm going to manage this. I'm going to manage my team completely out of the World Series. Or what that also tells me is, oh, my God, we're in the NLCS, and we have no starting pitching.
0: We have to use one starter two days in a row because so, we have no starting pitching.
1: Well, so the I mean, post-mortem here what for the Brewers, though, I guess I, I got to give them the postmortem. I, I, I ate shit when they, when they won the division and I said they wouldn't, they made it to the NLCS. I didn't think they would. I, I thought they, you know, I didn't know about the Rockies just didn't show up. So that was not, that wasn't going to happen. You could tell right away, the Rockies were just overmatched. They were the Buffalo bills of last year, making the playoffs. They just they didn't belong. Um, and the Brewers got to a game seven of the NLCS. I, I guess they should be proud. Now just go get some damn starting pitching.
0: And again, the complaining by counsel about not having any starting pitching, not that he complained out loud, but by his actions, he seemed like he didn't trust his starting pitching at all. But then you go ahead and use Brandon Wood, Woodruff after the one hitter to with, with Wade Miley, and you use Woodruff like he's a starter. Just Just start him. Just go ahead and start Woodruff from the beginning then. If, if, if you're going to do that, play with these stupid mind games, playing and, and putting a, a starting pitcher out there for one hitter so that you can get the lineup that you want and try to uh, yeah. mix it up like that. That's just
1: Bush League, that's, man. That's, that's just... Bush. That's exactly what you said that took the words right out of my mouth. That is Bush right there. Bush League, just terrible. And and, 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 and we both thought – we talked about this on the last show. Dave Roberts was having none of it because he still stacked that lineup with lefties because he knew it was BS.
0: Yep. He saw the first game and was like, okay, this guy is – Obviously going to yank this guy real early. I don't think he knew he was going to yank him that early. But, yeah, he, yeah. he left his lefties in there.
1: Yeah, and I think you could kind of see overall in the end. The, the overall, the seven-game series, the better team won out. The Brewers, the, the, the Dodgers won three out of the last four games in the series.
0: Yeah, the better team won. After all the, and the machinations and all the, all the moves, the better team yeah. wound up winning.
1: And now I'm just trying to decide if I've got the Red Sox in four or five.
0: <laughs> Depends on how many times going to
1: I do not think this series goes back to Boston. I think this is over in L.A. I
0: I, I can certainly see that. I read that they're uh, uh, they're they're uh, intend on keeping J.D. Martinez in the lineup in L.A. Yeah, they
1: want Mookie Betts to play second base.
0: So they have Mookie working out at second for uh, taking some ground balls. I believe
1: he's actually, uh, he's played some second base. It's been a while.
0: Very, very little.
1: I know he played one inning there this year because I was able to sneak him into our fantasy lineup. Oh. Because we have the most liberal position eligibility rules in the history of fantasy uh, sports. Because all you got to do is have an appearance at another position and you qualify there. I have lobbied to have that rule changed, but I play by the rules and Mookie Pets made that appearance at second base. I immediately <laughs> threw him in at second base. Too bad that doesn't carry over the next year. No, because then you got to have those 20 appearances. That's when right. it really matters. So that's for all those people who have Anthony Rizzo in, in fantasy sports where he gets all those cheap appearances at second base because of the mm-hmm. shifts, you know, who who all of a sudden go, Oh, I kept Anthony Rizzo for my keeper league as a second baseman. Oh, nice. Uh,
0: I'm Thank you, dreading. I'm dreading the day that they make me keep track of that, uh, keeping score for Baseball Info Solutions. 'Cause so right now they let me just sh- whatever shifting around that gets done. Yeah. If the third baseman runs all the way over near, standing next to the first baseman, I'm still calling him a third baseman. I'm still doing that as a five-three right now. Oh, yeah. But if they want to ever change that and say that he officially was playing second because he was over there in the second base, I might have to stop scoring games if they make me keep up with that. 'Cause that's- you
1: can't keep track.
0: Oh, my God, just back and forth all game five. This guy started at third, and now he goes to the second, so five, four, five, four, five, four. No, no, I, I don't want to give up with that at all.
1: And I, I'm still having trouble, though, with watching, especially at this high level of play, where if you're in a tight game or a one-run game and you're the first guy up in an inning or there's only one out in the inning, and let's say it's a, a two-run game, and you're a, a lefty and there's like one guy between second and third base. And you got three dudes playing you to shift. And one of the guys is basically holding hands with the right fielder. Would you just hit the ball the other way? Get on base and help your team. I mean, can't do it. They can't, they can't do it. And this is, and this is why you're, you, what was it? More strikeouts than hits that we've been seeing. And and, and the records for us, so basically all these guys, they either home run or strike out. That's it.
0: That's it. We used to talk about the three outcome guys because they were so few and far between, and now, like, every team. It's everybody.
1: So the guys who actually hit for average and spray to all fields, it's amazing that these guys who can hit to all fields have these high batting averages. You know why? No shift. (laughs) When Mookie Betts or Jose Altuve or Christian Yelich or any of these guys who hit like 320s, 330s, 340, when these guys come up, no shift. They can spray nope. to all fields. They can take the ball. They can go with the pitch, take the ball the other way, and those guys hit 340. And then you get like any of these – Joey Gallo comes up, and he's going to hit 205 because <laughs> it's either clear in the wall or it's a ground out to short right field.
0: They take every all seven guys are over on the first base side when when Gallo comes
1: up. Oh, so the
0: outfielders God. are all over there, the infielders are all over there,
1: and he hits it right and to him.
0: Yeah, because he can't go down the other way, can't do it.
1: Hit him where they ain't. That's just, it's just baseball, and I'm watching this in this series with with the Dodgers and the Brewers, and it's like there's position there's there's there's, there's clearly an opportunity. You don't even have to hit it hard. I'm not saying you have to bunt, but just show any ability to put the bat on the ball and try to get that thing towards the line. You're probably standing on second base. Yeah, this is crazy. It's crazy. It
0: seems so simple, but and so I don't know if it's just
1: f- ego and these guys are like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm st- I'm going to go where I'm going to go and I'm going to hit the ball right. Oh, I'm going to hit it right at that guy.
0: I'm sure all of them get some drilling on that in, in BP and all and working with their hitting coaches and all that. And if they display a distinct inability to do that in practice, we're talking about practice, man. Yeah. Then the the coaches probably tell them, okay, just fuck it. Just go up and do what you do. Don't even try to worry about that. Because that's just going to ruin them anyway if you try to make someone do something they're oh, terrible sure. at. So they probably just say, you know, f- just 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 go up and swing the way you swing. It's like these guys the
1: figured out, or they figure that the only way they can beat the shift is if they just hit it over the shift by four hundred feet.
0: That beats the shift every well, time. I you mean, have to, I, you the have to give them that you point. Clear the
1: wall. Clear the wall. That beats the shift. You win. You you got me.
0: Joey Gallo beats the shift going four fifty over beat, uh, all the beats, stands
1: out here. He beats the shift forty times a year. Exactly. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty much how that works out. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for these games tomorrow. Uh, the the styles like I said, it's it's football to me is at its best when it's a, a unit that's graded one thing versus yep. a unit that's graded one thing, and one or the other has to to come out on top. That's sort of the the best to me, the best of the best. So that's why I'm so excited for, these, for, for Style's Clash Sunday because it really is. Because when you get the, the, the scoreboard-breaking games like the Patriots and the Chiefs, that's great. That's entertaining. Uh, that's fun to watch. But in a it's way, terrible it's kind of dull. It's, it's, yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's, I said that after the Super Bowl. It your
0: it, turn, it's your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn.
1: Just, terrible football. Yeah. It's like you almost know what's going to happen. Right. Going, okay, great. These guys are going to move the ball, and no, the other team is not going to be able to. There's no drama to that. The, the
0: drama is waiting for one defensive stop in 60 minutes
1: of football. And that's and that's pretty much all they got in that Super Bowl. I mean, did, yeah. did they hard? Did they even punt hardly at all in that Super Bowl? It was it was hardly
0: hardly hardly no
1: punts. No special teams didn't play a factor. The defense barely played a factor. You got the one strip sack. Yeah, no. It, that game on, on Sunday night with the Patriots and the Chiefs, it was kind of the same thing. I mean granted there was a like a furious comeback attempt that you got to see all the high flying offense, but yeah, it, it it it's a bit tedious. It was all these Atlanta games where they've been blowing it in the last minute, those aren't very exciting games. Then this last one where they had to hold on for dear life and almost lost on like the Betty Hill play at the end of the game.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you have uh, a whole I... game and it comes down to that? Oh.
0: In the KC New England recap, uh, I I hadn't even pointed this out because I uh, forgot to say – I saw something that Peter King had wrote about the game. He wrote that New England – it was an NFL first. The fact that New England had zero penalties and zero punts in that game against Kansas City. That was the first time ever that a team the entire game with no penalties and no punts,
1: and they still almost lost – They leveled by three. They had to come back to win. Wow.
0: Again, exciting to watch on one level, but a little
1: tedious and dull on another level. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. So we we get the the
0: units versus each other tomorrow, which I actually find uh, a little more compelling.
1: And you'll enjoy that home show, I'm sure. Uh,
0: yeah, very much so. Cause I love my wife, and I do anything she asks gleefully and willingly.
1: Sound like you might be getting a cold. <clears throat>
0: uh, I don't. I don't think that'll get me out of
1: anything. Oh, okay. I, I think she knows better. <laughs> you, you gout's acting up.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in such pain. I am in the lip. I am a little sore. Bust out the lip. I, I really am sore. I, I got my flu shot a couple of days ago. I've been sore and achy ever since. So, but, but oh yeah,
1: See, I skip that every year. I, I don't. I'm not a flu shot guy. I
0: I didn't used to be, but started once I started getting sick every winter, I was like, you know what? I think I should do this flu shot, and I'm, I'm a fan of it now. I'll tell you that.
1: Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, I also live in a place where it gets like 30 below. That kills a lot of flu.
0: You guys have a lot more to worry about than flu when it's 30 below up yeah. there. So hopefully I, I, we don't have that. that
1: coming anytime soon but yeah I'm I'm ready to go to bed. I'm in the I'm in the middle of a really long work week here. So this is the halfway point for me of an 8-day stretch.
0: That's a long stretch of work.
1: Yeah. But then I'm off for a week. So it's like, you know, you get I get 8 days on and then basically 7 off. So I'm 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 hoping that by the time I get to this, you know, like little vacation here that I have coming up starting next Thursday that uh I don't regret what it took to get there. Right. Like, I'm just so, I like, shot that it's like for the first four days of that, it was like, oh, God. Hot water bottles and, like, you know, tiger balm.
0: <laughs>
1: well, keep
0: keep grinding it out is all I can tell you. And and yeah. salvation will be coming in a few short days, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'll be in Chicago all next weekend with the family, so that'll be fun.
0: So we're uh, recapping Tuesday night. Is that good? Yeah, I
1: don't. I, I no matter what, I really do not want to have <laughs> to skip the two. I don't want to do Wednesday, Thursday back to back. That that just that'll wipe me. So uh, yeah. yeah, Tuesday. I will let you know if it's nine or ten because I actually have a work thing that I don't know how late it's going to go. So there's a okay. chance that it could be ten on Tuesday, but let's plan for nine. I'm aiming for nine. Um, and uh, if I feel like I won't be able to make it by nine, I'll let you know but it will be Tuesday. All right.
0: We will be back Tuesday at some point in the evening, either uh, nine central or 10 central uh, to recap the styles class Sunday and see if these little numbers that I figured out actually work for me or work against me. We'll see how that goes. Usually they work against me when I'm so gung ho for them, but we'll see. Uh, But yeah, either way, definitely coming back to recap week seven in the NFL on Tuesday. Looking forward to all the good football tomorrow some of which I may actually see in the morning before we leave. Yeah, he you can Jay, watch
1: the I... Titans game in the morning.
0: Woohoo. He Here's Jay. I am Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank all of you for listening, and we will be back Tuesday to recap week seven. Talk to you then.